to Datsuk. What a move! Right in! Oh. Scores! Wow. Oh, but Datsuk in deep! That's a beauty! Heisman moving blue line. Chance scores! You're listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Octopi Hockey Town with your host, Austin Goodman. Hello and welcome to Octopi Hockey Town. I am your host, Austin Goodman, and I'm so excited to be here, guys. I'm bringing you this edition of Octopi because, guys, there are only four games left in the regular season. The last time we came to you with Octopi, the team was tied with Washington, Toronto, and Columbus all of which who had 80 points. Now the Red Wings sit at 6th in points in the Eastern Conference, but 7th in the rankings. They're still a wild card slot, and they're the first wild card slot because of the way the standings work. There are three Metropolitan teams and three Atlantic teams and one wild card from each division. The Wings currently have 88 points in 78 games with four games remaining on the season. Today's edition of Octopi Hockey Town, I will be talking about the Red Wings and how they have accumulated eight points since the last time we aired Octopi Hockey Town. And as the team continues to solidify a playoff spot coming down the stretch, recent opponents are losing time and they're losing angst. And they have not a lot of time to catch up to the Red Wings who currently sit in that seventh slot. Toronto is falling. Washington is falling. And the New Jersey Devils lost to the Calgary Flames last night, one to nothing. The Red Wings began the week on a rocky note. This was two weeks ago, losing two games of regulation. The first loss came to Columbus, the Columbus Blue Jackets, who are currently sitting behind the Red Wings in the last wild card slot in the Eastern Conference with 87 points. The second was handed to the Red Wings in high scoring fashion, losing five to four against the Montreal Canadiens on home ice. The team finished up the week again finished up the following week getting four of four points. You know, guys, against those Toronto Maple Leafs, I'm telling you that club they brought their team streak to eight straight losses when the Red Wings handed them their final loss and their final score landed in favor of the Wings four to two. The Wings then took on to Tampa against the Tampa Bay Lightning on the following day and managed to squeak out two points with a 3-2 to two victory. The following week, this most recent week of hockey, the Red Wings took four of six points, finishing off the week with 88 points in 78 games, like I said earlier, but finished off the week with a loss to the Montreal Canadiens, the Habs. The Habs were on home ice. The Red Wings had not lost. Until that game, they were on a four-game winning streak, and they handed them that loss in another fashion of five goals in favor of the Habs. But, you know, we'll discuss all that way more in depth in our first segment. After that, we'll discuss in complete fashion the talk about Pavel Datsuk, his return, him getting back out on the ice, and Henrik Zetterberg, when will he be back, and how will these two players impact the team coming down the stretch and into the playoffs if the Red Wings, of course, make the playoffs, which right now it looks like they are going to. But that will bring us into our next segment, and we'll finish it up, guys, with that ultimate question of, with four games left, can the Red Wings make the playoffs for the 23rd consecutive season? The things... The teams, everybody, everything is getting tight around the NHL, but the Wings are starting to pull things together at the right time, guys. We'll talk about Gustav Nikos. We'll talk about the successful play of Jimmy Howard. 
and all the fallen wings that have returned to the ice in the last segment of today's edition of Octopi Hockey Town. So guys, let's get started. The last week of play was a little bit of a roller coaster, winning one on the road and one at the Joe, and those same numbers reflected their losing record for that week, but then they moved on to the next week, grabbing, like I said, four of six points. The team started off two weeks ago, though, against those Blue Jackets at the Nationwide Arena, and, you know, guys, Columbus kind of dominated that game. Of course, they scored the first goal. McElhaney played in the game because Bobrovsky actually went down after the first period with a sickness. He wasn't supposed to play in the game at all, but he tried it out. He couldn't make it through the game, so they put McElhaney in, and he played pretty well for the Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, Gustav Nyquist had both goals for the wings. Nobody else could get one past this guy. This is good and a bad thing. Gustav Nyquist has been playing incredibly well. They need to focus on other players, though. Nyquist is feeding the puck to other players, but they can't seem to find the back of the net. But at the same time, if they can't do it, Gus will be able to do it. The Blue Jackets, though, got their first victory in three games with this one. Leguan, Alfredson, and Franz in line, they're getting a lot of opportunities and causing a lot of havoc in front of the net and in, you know, for other teams as well, but they couldn't score a lot of goals you know, within the game. They weren't producing anything, and that's what really bothers me. All the points came from Gustav Nyquist, Thomas Tatar, and Riley Shahan. Mostly Thomas Tatar and Riley Shahan. Tatar had two assists. Gustav Nyquist had two goals, and Sheehan had one assist alongside. Jimmy Howard, he played decently at a .889 save percentage on the game. You know, it's really hard for me to give full confidence to Jimmy Howard 100% of the time when he lets up three easy goals. And I'm not saying, you know, all of the goals that he lets in in a single game. Of course, as we know, Columbus got four goals in this game. I'm saying that three of those goals Jimmy should have had, but he didn't have them. You know, Howard was playing well, though. He made a lot of good saves, but he couldn't get the very, very important saves. And those were the saves that he needed to make for the Red Wings to be able to win the game. And that actually, you know, it kind of moved on into the next game where Jimmy Howard played again he had an even worse save percentage and this is the uh, this is the Montreal game at Joe Louis Arena they lost five to four um, one big thing in the NHL 70 percent of the time the team that scores first will be the team that takes home the victory. And, you know, that's pretty typical in any sport, guys. If you're scoring first and you're getting the first jab at teams, most of the time you're going to end up with that victory. And that's at solid 70%. Montreal put two goals away in the first. Detroit answered with one in the second, quick in the second. But, you know, they, again, separated the game. It was 3-1 to one going into the third. And, you know, it, it, it's kind of a pattern. We'll talk about it when they play Montreal again later on in this segment. But guys, Detroit had two quick goals in the third period to tie up the game. It was 3-3. Three to three. But then Montreal, they boomed. They scored. It was Max Pacioretty, who, you know, beautiful wrist shot. Pass from David DeHarnay. Thomas Vanek, who's also a phenomenal player. Thomas Vanek then went and scored again six minutes later in that third period. And the Wings can only respond with a Johan Franzen goal. Nothing more, nothing less. 
Guys, it was 5-4. It was a 5-4 to four loss. Five goals were let up by Howard. And regardless of the blame, which he made some great saves in the game, but the defense and the bounces were not there for the team. He cannot be letting up five goals ever. If the Red Wings want to contend for a playoff spot, eventually contend for Stanley Cup if they do well enough in the playoffs, guys, Jimmy Howard needs to be on top of his game. And he clearly wasn't. There were lots of goals scored in the game. Nine total goals scored. I mean, bad starts are killing the Red Wings. Thomas Placanic had a great game for Montreal. He was putting in goals left and right. The only goal scorers, like I said, for, um, you know, the only point producers really have been Tatar, Sheehan, and Nyquist. But, you know, Franzen got a goal in this game. And he tried to give the Red Wings a little bit of of a boost late in the game, but it didn't work out, guys. Mule likes to go dead sometimes and then kick it back up. He's like a roller coaster player, but it's this time of the season where Mule is starting to produce, but the other players around him need to produce as well. Montreal did a lot of things the right way. They're looking real good right now going into the playoffs. Thomas Vanek and Thomas Placanek, I've said both of those names already, kind of rhymes a little bit. They played incredibly well. You know, guys, both of them had goals and both were stars, and both of them are big role players for the Montreal team, and that's what the Red Wings are looking for right now. With the return of Pavel Datsuk, with the return of Justin Ablicator, Darren Helm, people that can get to the net, people that can get gritty and score as well, you know, guys, the Red Wings need to utilize those players and not only have their backs up against Nyquist, Tatar, Sheehan, and the occasional Franzen. Players like Daniel Alfredson, he needs to score more goals. And he actually did in the following week, which we'll talk about. But, you know, guys, they had another game. And um, it, it was Saturday. It was Saturday, March 29th. It was at the Air Canada Center. And this is where all the happiness kind of, you know, it all made a turn for the Red Wings. And it was against the Toronto Maple Leafs. All, you know, they won the game 4-2. to two, But, again, Toronto scored first. This was the first time in nine games that Toronto scored first. And when I was sitting there watching the game, I was getting kind of scared, honestly. You know, I was sitting there. I was watching. I was anticipating a goal coming for the Red Wings. And then Cody Franzen had a beautiful slap shot from the point. Went right past our goaltender and right into the net. Jimmy Howard needs to make those types of saves to be able to move on. But... He had a solid rest of the game. He had a .926 percentage, only let up one more goal, which came actually in the late second period from Joffrey Lupel, who's actually hurt now, out for the rest of the season with an injury. But guys, more importantly, the Red Wings got a victory right here. And this Toronto team, they've been steadily declining for the past month and a half. And actually, three episodes of Octopi Hockey Town Long ago, I said that the Toronto Maple Leafs are always that team to kind of come crashing down towards the end of the season, and that's exactly what they're doing right now, guys. They are coming crashing down at the end of the season. They're not looking good. They're not looking like the kind of team that they have been looking like in years past at this time of the season. Guys, it's kind of scary for Maple Leafs fans. It doesn't look like they're going to be able to make the playoffs, especially when people like Darren Helm, are getting their first career hat-trick within the game. Yep, I said it. The third goal was a beautiful deke. He deked him right out of his pads for his first career hat-trick. Toronto scored the first goal for the first time, like I said, nine games. Toronto took a lot of penalties, though, guys. And the Bernier and Reimer combination, it's not really working on the net for him anymore. 
You know, Bernie's down with an injury. Reimer has been inconsistent all year. The two goalies are against each other, basically, trying to fight for the starting spot. But, of course, Reimer has it now that Bernie's down. And Reimer's probably kind of happy about that, but still can't get his flow going. But somebody that did get his flow in this game was Jimmy Howard. He got his groove back, and he's playing well. Nyquist got another goal. That's his 21st in the past 26 games, dating back to this Toronto game on March 29th, and his 10th in the past eight games since that game. He's also the NHL's second star of the month of March. He had 18 points in the month of March. Guys, there are a lot of players that are stepping up for the Red Wings starting in this Toronto game, and that's Glendening, Miller, Helm, and of course we're already talking Nyquist, Helm, and, uh, and and some Howard, you know, a little bit of Howard. He's stepping up his game just a little bit, but I want to talk about this Glendening, Miller, and Helm line guys it's a real gritty line a lot of fast players they're really starting to make an impact together on the ice Toronto you know they're not that hard of a team to play right now of course they've lost their last eight straight games and they snapped that in the following game actually but the Red Wings you know they, they really took it to them. It was a great game after the Wings lost to, especially against Toronto, who are massively, who were massively in the race for the last playoff spot, but no longer are. Guys, like I was saying at the beginning of the week, it was four teams with 80 points, and that's Columbus, Detroit, Washington, and Toronto. And Detroit got a massive win over the Toronto Maple Leafs in this game. So, guys, I want to move into this last game of the week, and it was against Tampa Bay. It was at the Joe Louis Arena. It was exactly one day after the Red Wings played Toronto on Saturday. It was a Sunday game, kind of a man-day, early evening, 5 p.m. start is what they had. But more importantly, it was a victory. It was a 3-2 to two victory for the Red Wings over the, May- over the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm sorry. And, guys, it's kind of funny because, you know, I was always – talking poorly about that Valtteri Filippo last year and Valtteri Filippo you know he was a he was a good player he always has been but he moved to Tampa Bay started playing for the Lightning and guys he's really popped off this season let me tell you he's playing incredibly well he got the first goal of the game which was you know kind of shocking for me I hate seeing Valtteri Filippo score on the on the Red Wings there but it was a quick response by the Red Wings, and that's what they needed. It's a quick, just under two minutes later, Jokum Anderson got a goal. It was a beautiful backhand goal off of a Darren Helm shot that missed. Daniel Alfredson assisted Helm to get the puck up there. And then, of course, Gustav Nyquist. He scored his 27th goal of the season. Scored from behind the net. Seriously, one of the coolest goals I've ever seen. There was a defender hacking at him, slashing at him. It was the number one goal of the week. On NHL Network, beautiful thing. Legwand is getting more active after going about five games without being very statistically productive. But he's quick and knowledgeable. He's a presence out on the ice, and he's a veteran. He's been doing his job for the Red Wings and filling in that void. He doesn't get injured too often. Knock on wood somewhere here, the clink, 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 clink. And hopefully we don't have another Red Wings injury. That would be rough for everybody to see. But guys, Anderson finally got a goal, and alongside that gritty play that he loves to have, he's very consistent on the penalty kill, and that's what I like to see. He's really strong with Luke Lendening on the penalty kill. Even better, two young guys meshing together really well. 
Guys, Detroit, though, they took too many penalties against a weak team. They are not very physical, the Lightning, and the Wings were being far too physical. They were playing Boston the next night, and I know for a fact that Mike Babcock took them to the locker room and said at the end of the game, guys, you cannot play that type of hockey against, you know, you can't play that type of hockey against the Boston Bruins, especially if you're going to play them in the first round of the playoffs. Well, right now it doesn't look like that, but we'll talk about that later in this edition of Octopi Hockey Town. But guys, Helm continued a point streak by getting an assist on Anderson's goal, which is a great thing to see. You know, Anderson picked up the trash in front of the net. Quote, Mighty Ducks 3. Great movie. You got to see it. But, guys, Anderson, he picked up the trash. He played incredibly well. Helm continues a point streak. And, you know, I really love to see Joachim Anderson getting points. Ben Bishop and Jonas Gustafsson were both the goaltenders in that. Gus really did play like the monster that they call him. He had massive saves in the second period, which kept the team together. It was really, really great. For the first time in a long time, there were three stars at the end of the game, three different lines, three different Red Wings, which is massive. I really want to point that out in this game because, guys, that means that three different lines are getting production. The Anderson line, the Nyquist line, and then the Franz and Leguan line is also getting you know, some some action out there, but it was the power play. Regardless, that's three different players that play on three different lines that are getting big points, getting big production, and really helping out the Red Wings when it comes to this playoff stretch. The Wings are really trying to get into that into the playoffs with solidification right now. They want a solid spot in the playoffs. And moving into the next week, guys, this is where all fans and the organization saw that the Red Wings actually might have what it takes to be able to get into a playoff spot with a solid placement for the next upcoming week. They started that week. It was uh, Wednesday, April 2nd, and it was at the Joe Louis Arena. It was an 8 p.m. start, and it was a victory, and it was a strong victory, and it was over a team and that team is called the Boston Bruins. And the Boston Bruins have played incredible hockey this entire season. And guys, when Johnny Boychuk got that first goal at 16-15 of the first period and Boston was up one to nothing on Detroit, I you know, I kind of just walked away from the room for a second. I was like, oh, I really hope that the Red Wings can get this victory, but I don't think it's going to be able to happen. But they proved me wrong. Thomas Tatar came back in the second period. He had the lone goal in the second period. He scored a beautiful snapshot, passed by Danny DeKaiser and Jakob Kindle, which is a great addition, getting Jakob Kindle involved. The Red Wings have really been getting their defensemen involved in assists and goal scoring. Cronwall's had a goal recently. DeKaiser, you know, you're always getting consistent play out of Cronwall, DeKaiser, and Brennan Smith. Brennan Smith has really stepped it up this season. His first real big season in the big leagues, and I love to see that coming from him. You know, guys, I mean, it, it was a strong game. Took Rask, you know, he's a hard goalie to play against, and, you know, he got the loss there. He went 17 for 20. The only problem that I had in this game is the fact that the Boston Bruins got 35 shots on Jimmy Howard, and Tuka Rask only took 20 shots. That's the biggest difference. But at the end of the day, the Red Wings got three goals and Boston only got two. And that's the story. 
and it was in regulation. The Red Wings got two big points, and that continued their winning streak to make it to three games, three consistent games going down. And, guys, I was actually at the next game at the Joe Louis Arena, which was on Friday, April 4th, and that was against the Buffalo Sabres. Guys, it was a 7.30 p.m. start. I love getting to the Joe Louis Arena. I had a beautiful date with my girlfriend. She was recently sick. have to give her a shout-out. She was in the hospital for a little bit. I love her. Maddie, you're a great girl. Um, you know, I took her to this game just to make her feel a little bit better. You know, it's a keeper when your girlfriend goes with you to a Red Wings game, and you love to see that. Um, but Friday, April 4th, guys, um, against the Sabres, the Red Wings started off the game hot, and I mean hot. Hot. They got a goal at 5:47 into the first, 14-12, then 15-28 to give a three-nothing lead, and that lead carried them on until 12:28 of the second period, where Jamie McBain he put a good goal. It was a nice top shelfer on the power play, quick power play goal um, off of a penalty that came, you know, from Brendan Smith. It was a rough penalty; he shouldn't have taken it. But Buffalo capitalized 11 seconds after the high-sticking call that uh, Brendan Smith got to make the game 3-1. to one. And then again, um, you know, they got another goal, 640 into the third period to make it 3-2. to two, But there was nothing out of them after that. One big thing that I saw from this game is the Red Wings put 31 shots on Matt Hackett. They really made him work for it. He's a young goaltender. He's only played in five games this season with a decision. He's a 1-3-1 goaltender, and they handed him a loss. But what really was the most important part of this game was the return of Pavel Datsuk. He didn't exactly have his feet or his shot that we're all used to seeing, but he put in 18 good minutes. He didn't make any stupid mistakes, and it's really hard to miss five weeks and come back and try to be that magic man that everybody expects Datsuk to be. Helm continues to do well, though, guys. He got the first goal of the game. He was cleaning up the trash nicely and creating plays, which are two big things coming out of a speedy forward in Darren Helm, and he's working great alongside that return of Pavel Datsuk. You know... Good play from Jimmy Howard throughout the game. The second goal that Buffalo scored, it was a tipsy-turning kind of goal. It was actually right in front of me. I was in row level, row 11 at the Joe, and I saw it go in. You could see the frustration on Jimmy Howard. You could also see him telling himself that he wasn't going to let in another goal, and he didn't do it. The tipped-in goal by Yurko was really impressive, actually. He did a nice job tipping that puck in. Keeps getting better every day. Alfredson had a nice goal. He needs to continue to do that, be a veteran. We were talking about that earlier on in the show. And, guys, he needs to produce a lot more than he has been. You know, he has a lot of assists on the season. He has a good amount of points. He, I mean, obviously, you know, that that's what Daniel Alfredson does. That's why you get a player like Daniel Alfredson to get 18 goals, 29 assists, and 47 points on the season. Your highest point getter. Next to Henrik Zetterberg, who's only played 45 games, is Nicholas Cronwall. He's played the most games for you outside of Drew Miller and Kyle Quincy. And, I mean, he has 48 points. You can't argue with that. Eight goals, 40 assists. 40 assists. That's the biggest thing is 40 assists for Nicholas Cronwall is great. 29 assists for Daniel Albertson is great. But 18 goals, I think he should have five or six more goals. And those five or six more goals need to come for him down the stretch here. And I think they will. There were a lot of rebounding goals for the Wings. All the goals came within 10 minutes of each other. And then they kind of stepped back a little bit. 
And the Red Wings really need to get a little bit more consistent throughout the game. Buffalo really had nothing on the wings, and the Red Wings really needed to push, push, push a little bit more. But Detroit, they won their fourth straight game. Mike Babcock got his 413th win as the Red Wings head coach, and that ties for the franchise all-time record, which was set by Jack Adams, one of the all-time great coaches of the Red Wings. And in fact, with only 410, Scotty Bowman, only 410 wins in his tenure. But, you know, Mike Babcock is tied with Jack Adams and is seeking that 414th win. Hopefully he'll be able to get it in the next game, which we'll preview later. That next game is going to actually be against Buffalo, and that is coming up tonight at 7 o'clock. Guys, I really hope that the Red Wings can get that victory. It's going to be at the first Niagara Center in Buffalo, and hopefully they can get the victory. But, guys, they ended the week kind of poorly, and that's why I think they'll actually get this victory is because Montreal kind of put a foot in their mouth. Um, Jonas Gustafsson, he played well, but, you know, not well enough. He let up five goals on the game. You know, this one was at the Bell Centre Arena, which is a beautiful place. It really is. I like the Habs Arena, but I don't like when the Habs win in the arena, especially against the Detroit Red Wings. Again, Montreal scored the first three goals of the game. Michael Bourneval, Max Pacioretty, and Brian Gianta all got goals in the first peri- first and second period. The Red Wings didn't have an answer until the magic man himself, Pavel Datsuk, came back with his first goal on the return at 5-11 in the third period, which was quickly followed by Luke Glendening's first NHL goal. Nice backhand, putting it in the net. Finishing up the play, assisted by Applicator and Miller, two of his best friends on the team. They all took a snapshot picture, tweeted it, put it out after the game, his first big NHL goal. And then also at 10:44, another power play goal, which is really big for the Red Wings, who kind of struggled on the pl- on the power play this season. Nicholas, Nicholas Cronwall got a beautiful slap shot. Gustav Nyquist leaped in the air to let it get through. And it banked off the post and in. At that point, the game was tied 3-3. to But then there was a crazy play. And that crazy play was from Brian Gianta, guys. Brian Gianta had the top of his toe on side to bring the puck in, keep possession, and eventually get a wrist shot that kind of dinkily went off of Jonas Gustafsson. The most important part, though, was the ref made the right call. A lot of Wings fans, you know, said that that call was very controversial at the end of the game, and I I just don't agree. I think that Brian Gianta, I watched the replay about five or six times before I did this podcast here just to make sure that I was right. Brian Gianta was onside. The ref was correct. The goal was a good goal, and Jonas Gustafsson was not ready for it. He had a point eight oh. 8 save percentage on the game and quite frankly guys that is not good enough for Gus. It was poor execution from the team in the first and second periods. The Wings came back like I said with three quick goals in the middle of the third but that Brian Gianza goal really depleted them. What happened was he kept that tippy toe in, he turned around and he shot it through the pads of Jonas Gustafsson. Nobody else had even a stick on it but guys it wasn't enough. Gianta played great. Carey Price played extremely well. And Detroit's Jonas Gustafsson did not have the answer. He had some big saves, but there were a couple weak goals, like I was saying, that he let in that ultimately cost the Red Wings the game. 
and there was a terrible defensive play from the Red Wings. It it looked like they were tired out there, and quite frankly, I think they were tired out there. But that wrapped up the week. The last time we came to you, the Red Wings had 80 points. At the end of this segment, guys, they have 88 points. They have four games left. Each one of those games are very, very important. They're playing a Buffalo team that is very easy to play. They're playing a Pittsburgh team that's extremely hurt right now. They don't have Olimata. They don't have Sidney Crosby. They don't have Getty Malkin. You know, Marc-Andre Fleury at the end of the season has kind of been shaky in the past couple of years. So we'll see how that plays out. And then, of course, to finish the season, their last home game is against Carolina and then St. Louis. So hopefully the Red Wings can get three out of those four games as victories and of course they'd like to see it in regulation but you never know but guys that's all that I have for that segment and I'm going to come back to you in just a couple of seconds here and we're going to talk about the return of Pavel Datsuk and Henrik Zetterberg. All right guys we're back and we're talking during our next segment the return of Pavel Datsuk and of course the future return of Henrik Zetterberg. Guys, Pavel Datsuk, before he was back on the ice, he, you know, he was 100%, you know, when, well, not 100%, but he was 100% to be able to get back out on the ice. For Pavel Datsuk, it wasn't enough. He needed to be a little bit more accurate with that shot. He said, quote unquote, he is always concerned with scoring 100% of the shots that he takes, which is obviously nearly impossible, but he wants to be close. Conditioning is clearly rough for Pavel. In the first game back against Buffalo, you know, you could really tell he was a little bit shaky. Five weeks not playing on the ice. You know, he thinks that he's going to be faster than he actually was, but he wants to quote unquote be Pavel. And that takes a little bit of time. Thinking that he's going to return Friday or Saturday, you know, he got that return on Friday. He then played on Saturday. In the Saturday game, he looked better. Although the Wings did not win the game, Pavel Datsuk himself looked better in that game. Guys, having Datsuk back is going to be a massive, 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 massive contribution for the Red Wings. Let's keep in mind where Datsuk is on the score sheet. In 41 games played this season, he has 16 goals and 18 assists with 34 points, a minus 6 rating, and of course, the Lady Bing, only 6 penalty minutes. You know, one thing about Pavel Datsuk, he's never really been a massive contribution when it comes to the playoffs, but I think that this season is going to be a little bit different, and here's why. Pavel did not get to give his exact contribution during the regular season that he normally does, of course, because he's been injured. And that means that he's really going to kick it into high gear and try to provide his veteran leadership, his assistant captain-esque play, and, of course, his magical play that everybody knows Pavel Datsuk one-on-one with any player in the NHL could probably win. I, I'm not going to say could probably. He would win one-on-one against any player in the NHL, including Ovechkin, including Crosby. He simply has a skill set of unlike any other player. The contribution and impact of Pavel Datsuk is going to be massive. But what's even going to be bigger is the return of Henrik Zetterberg. Henrik Zetterberg is supposed to be back out on the ice this week. Yes, guys, it is this week that Henrik Zetterberg is going to be practicing. He's not going to be playing. He's not going to be physical, too physical out on the ice in practice, but he's going to be 
you know, he's going to be out there. He's going to be skating. He's going to be working those legs. He's been doing very intense rehab for the past couple of weeks, off-ice rehab, getting his training in, getting his conditioning. Zetterberg, he said he is feeling a lot better. Quote-unquote, he's jealous he can't play and, ha- and can't help contribute. But you guys better bet when he comes back, he's going to be a massive contribution. That's when the Red Wings go from simply contending for a playoff spot for their 23rd consecutive year to trying to go for a Stanley Cup. Like I said, guys, he's been doing a lot of rehab. He's been moving a lot. There hasn't been any hiccups in his recovery so far. There are a lot of questions that were asked. He had a very long interview with the media. And one big question, of course, was, how do you feel? And he was saying the sensation and the pain in Russia was really indescribably terrible. After the surgery, though, there was very little to no pain. Of course, he's been stiff ever since. As everyone saw on the night of Nicholas Lidstrom's jersey retirement, he was, you know, walking with a limp, and that's simply just because he was stiff. They had him resting a lot. But now that the stiffness is over, his resting is over, he's gotten back into very intense rehab. He's actually been getting a lot of help from teammates like Gustav Nyquist to try to get them back together they are really really close friends and during his time in Russia when he basically couldn't move out of his you know hotel bedroom Gustav Nyquist was a massive help and that that's just team bonding right there and that's also a massive element of the Red Wings organization is they're a very family-esque home-oriented organization guys it was supposed to be eight weeks without contact for Henrik Zetterberg, April 18th or 19th was the expected date of contact. So, you know, that's going to be big. And, of course, the week before, they're expecting him to get back out of the ice. Surgery, it shouldn't have any issues after it. The rehab, like I said, has kept Hank very busy, kept his mind off of any setbacks. He's in the locker room before the games. He comes for as many practices as he possibly can. When he came to, you know, he comes to the ice to still be a leader. He's the captain. As you notice, other teams that lose their captain in the middle of the season, they'll, you know, give the C to somebody else, not the Red Wings. The Red Wings stick home with their captain. He's a captain for the reason. The discs were pressing on the nerve in his back, and it was cleaned up and handled. He's already feeling better, and that means he's going right back to the locker room. He's going right back to leading his team. He might not be back out on the ice, but you can better bet that he is in the locker room guiding his guys through it all. The surgery was very, very successful. He thinks the team that can make the playoffs, and of course, you guys know he has been watching. And guys, that's what brings me up to this next segment. Like I, you know, I just want to finish this one off really clean. Henrik Zetterberg is going to be back in the first round of the playoffs. So is Jonathan Erickson. That those are two massive threats for the Red Wings, both on the offensive side and on the defensive side. And that's of course a beautiful thing. Pavel Datsuk will have tenured time. Back out on the ice, he will have minutes, he will have games under his belt to be able to get back into the swing of things. And that brings me to our next question. And this is the overriding question of this episode of Pop by Hockey Town is, guys, will the Red Wings make the playoffs? Four games left. They need three points to clinch a playoff berth. 
and they're three points away from doing doing it with four games, and I think it's going to be a very easy thing for the Red Wings to do. The current playoff picture has it set up a little bit like this. They have Boston and Columbus playing each other. It's Montreal versus Tampa Bay, New York versus Philadelphia, and then Pittsburgh versus Detroit in the first round of the playoffs. That is going to be a massive series. I really think that the Red Wings could knock out a massive cup contender. The Pittsburgh Penguins, they're doing really well this season, and it's a great thing to see, honestly. You know, the Penguins have 105 points right now with three games left on the season. They're the first in the Metropolitan. They're doing incredibly, incredibly well. Personally, for me, I would rather play the Pittsburgh Penguins than being in the eighth slot and playing the Boston Bruins, who are going to have a massive season. I honestly think when it comes down to it all and the showdown is ready to go, that the Red Wings are going to end up playing the Boston Bruins in the Eastern Conference Finals. And of course, that's going to be a massive series. But we need to step back really quickly, and we need to take a look at it can the Red Wings make the playoffs? My answer is yes. Yes, the Red Wings can make the playoffs. Yes, they can get three more points. And yes, they will do it. Recently returned, Justin Ablicator, Darren Helm, Yoka Manderson, Jonas Gusebson, Pavel Datsuk. Potentially returning, Henrik Zetterberg and Jonathan Erickson. One thing that I want everybody to keep in mind that's listening to Octopi today is that Stephen Weiss will not be returning, so don't add him on any kind of lineups that you're trying to predict for the Red Wings. He's not coming back. Hopefully he'll be a massive contributor next year, or maybe they'll just trade him away eventually and send him down to Grand Rapids for a season, get him going still, and try to trade him out for a better player in a couple years, but you never know. That's down the road. We're looking at right now, we're looking at the returns, and we're looking at the numbers, guys. And the numbers speak, they speak so heavily in the Red Wings' favor. I mean, guys, it's a tight race in the Eastern Conference. You have a Philadelphia team who is at the sixth slot with 89 points. You have a Detroit team that's in the seventh slot with 88 points. You have a Columbus team that's in the eighth slot with 87 points. And then there's a little bit of a drop-off. New Jersey lost last night to the Calgary Flames for their 79th game play in the season. They only have 84 points. Toronto also only 84 points, 79 games played. Toronto actually plays tonight against Tampa Bay, which is going to be a very hard opponent for them. Um, you know, guys, it, it, it's coming down to the wire. And then, of course, you have Washington in your 11th spot with 83 points, 78 games played. The Red Wings have 78 games played. Guys, Washington's playing St. Louis tonight. That's going to be hard. I think we are about to see two teams that are going to lose two big games tonight. And then, of course, Phoenix. They are competing for a spot. They're in the ninth slot in the Western Conference. And in that Western Conference, the wild card is a little bit easier. You know, Minnesota has really locked in their slot with 79 games played and 94 points. We got a Dallas team and a Phoenix team. Both of those teams have 78 games played. Dallas has 87 points. Phoenix has 86. You can better bet your butts, guys, that Phoenix is coming to play tonight. And their opponents are the Columbus Blue Jackets. And hopefully for the Red Wings that the Phoenix Coyotes can get a victory tonight against 
the you know guys it's it's not it's hope it's not hopefully it is the Red Wings need Phoenix to beat Columbus tonight for that separation so the Red Wings can play Pittsburgh rather than playing Boston I think it would obviously fair in Detroit's favor to play Pittsburgh over Boston both of which are great teams but Pittsburgh is heavily struggling with injuries right now Guys, there are a few reasons why I think that the Red Wings obviously are going to make the playoffs. And I say obviously because, to me, it's an obvious thing. I think the Red Wings are in the playoffs. They only need three more points. There are a couple teams that have just pushed themselves out. New Jersey pushed themselves out with a stupid loss to Calgary last night, losing one nothing. There was a goal that they should have had in the first period, but, you know, they kicked it in. It was a rough goal. New Jersey lost the game. Toronto's been pushing themselves out. Keep in mind, guys, Toronto was fifth in the Eastern Conference a mere month and a half ago, and now they're tenth in the Eastern Conference, 79 games played, 84 points. If the Red Wings get a victory tonight, they're leading them on the row. The Red Wings have 32. Toronto has 29. If Toronto and New Jersey both lose tonight, Toronto's going to be out 100%, but the Red Wings, of course, will have to win one more game for New Jersey to be completely knocked out of contention. And, of course, they would clinch at that point. They are great down the stretch, guys. This is why I think the team will make the playoffs. They are great down the stretch. I've been saying it all season. The Red Wings are a great down the stretch team. When it really matters, it matters. The players are looking healthy at the, on the ice right now. We got in a debate on the only live show at MSU Impact Sports last night on the Pact, 7 to 8 p.m. We got it on 88.9 FM. If you guys want to check it out on Mondays, great show. You know, guys, we were talking about it. Fino and I were kind of going back and forth. And the players are looking healthy. Kept on, you know, Anthony Serafino, the host of the Pact, great host, good friend, good kid. You know, guys, he was talking about how the Red Wings have been struggling with injuries the entire season. And, you know, it relies on this injured player and that injured player. But that's not the way it is. It's the Red Wings only rely on the players that they have on the ice. And right now they have a lot of healthy players looking really good at the right time of the season. They look consistent. They're getting consistent play out of Jimmy Howard. Down this stretch right here, Darren Helm is starting to step up. Of course, Gustav Nyquist is having a breakout season alongside Tatar, Yurko, and Sheehan. Those are all players that are playing a massive role, massive factors. Albertson and Datsuk, massive veteran leadership. Johan Franzen gets goals every once in a while, and especially in the playoffs. He is a playoff monster. Guys, I would say my two wildcard teams are the Columbus Blue Jackets. They're going to be in the last wildcard slot. The Jackets are, you know, they're on and off. They've always been on and off. But Toronto, Washington, and New Jersey have been shooting themselves in the foot at the wrong time, giving the Jackets the edge. The Red Wings, guys, I think the Red Wings will end up in the seventh slot, given the rest of the season schedule. And the rest of the season schedule is up within the next week. Their last game of the season will be played this upcoming Sunday. It's Sunday, April 13th. It's a Madden game. It's against St. Louis. It's at the Scott Trade Center. But, guys, there are three games before that. And that brings me to the final edition of Octopi Hockey Town, the final preview that we're going to see in the regular season. And that starts off at Columbus tonight, 7 p.m. It's Tuesday, April 8th. Guys, there needs to be 
an entire game played by the Red Wings. One thing that they definitely have struggled with and continue to struggle with is playing 60 minutes. And I've said that multiple times this season, but they need to keep getting shots on net keep controlling the game they need to get the first goal and this will be an easy two points for the red wings leaving them to get one point in the final three games of the season to be able to clinch a playoff spot guys i think this game against buffalo tonight is going to be a massive win for the red wings but i think it's also going to be an easy one they need to go out there and they need to make it easier for themselves because the following night tomorrow night at 8 p.m they're traveling to the console energy center to play the Pittsburgh Penguins in Pittsburgh, potential first-round matchup, but the Pittsburgh Penguins are injured right now. Right now, they really, really are hurt. They just had the loss of Sidney Crosby, which is one of the best players for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Guys, I really, really think that the Red Wings are going to have a massive game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're going to set the tone, and they're going to tell them, hey, guys, we're here to knock you out in the first, no matter your 105 points in the regular season. Let's keep in mind of this injury list going on for the Penguins right now. They have Sidney Crosby out, Chris Kunitz, Brooks Orpik, Ole Mata, Jove Tell, Marcel Gock, Chris Connor, Evgeny Malkin, and of course Chris Letang. Hopefully he's okay. Pascal Dupuy, and of course the goaltender Thomas Vokun. But of course they're riding Mark Andre Fleury, and they're going to ride him till the end of the season. But I really think that the Red Wings can win this game, and they can clinch the playoffs on Wednesday if they just stay strong in the puck, don't make any unnecessary mistakes. Don't make poor decisions outside of their own zone, inside their own zone, and have smart neutral zone play. Don't take too many penalties and get in the head of Pittsburgh by, like I said earlier in the first game, they need to do it in this game, scoring first. It's going to be a challenging game, but it's going to be a challenging series in the first round of the playoffs. It's going to be amazing practice, and hopefully the Red Wings can clinch because that will give them both confidence going into the playoffs and confidence against a very hard Pittsburgh Penguins team. And of course, come the playoffs, I think that they'll have a lot of those players on that injury list back on their team, which will give them a completely different dynamic going into the playoffs. Alright guys, so that brings us to the last home game of the regular season after that game at the Console Energy Center. This is actually the last home game that the Red Wings will play in regular season at the Joe Louis Arena. As most people know, the Red Wings are knocking down the Joe Louis Arena. They're building up another arena right next to Comerica. It's going to be Ford Field, Comerica Park, and Arena X, basically, where the Joe Louis Arena, I would call it, of course, still. I'm always going to say that the Red Wings play the Joe Louis Arena, but unfortunately, they're not. It's their last home game. It's against the Carolina Hurricanes, and it's Friday, April 11th at 7.30 p.m. I think this is going to be another easy game. The Carolina Hurricanes, of course, guys, they're not doing too hot this season. They're 13th in the Eastern Conference. They got 79 points. They're out of playoff contention. And, you know, it's another easy game. The Red Wings can get two points and get out. The end of the season, it's the last home game. They want to make it last. They want a very strong last impression on Joe Louis Arena ice. And I think that the Red Wings are going to be able to do it. And it's going to be the last home game, so they're going to come 
come with pride. They're going to come with strength. And there are going to be a lot of fans at that game awaiting a victory for the Detroit Red Wings, especially if they lose to Pittsburgh in the first game. And, you know, of course, like I was saying, they're ending the season. A couple days later, Sunday, April 13th, it's a matinee game, 12.30 p.m. at the Scott Trade Center against the St. Louis Blues. And, guys, these St. Louis Blues, they are real good. They are fighting for the President's Trophy for the season. They got 111 points against Boston, who have 113 points. And, of course, Anaheim, who have 110 points. But, guys, I really, really think that this St. Louis Blues team Finally has the perfect mix. They have an amazing goaltender in Ryan Miller. They have a lot of strong players. You know, they had Alexander Steen, who was on the injury list for a day, got back off of it. The only one that they're missing is Vladimir Tarasenko. Guys, they're looking real good right now. The Red Wings just need to try to get out of this game. Of course, try to win this game, but try to get out of the game with no injuries. Stay strong because I think at this point in the season, the Red Wings will have clinched the playoffs. St. Louis is very hot. They are going to come strong because they're competing for the President's Trophy, and they are going to always have the Red Wings number because they used to be Western Conference rivals before the Red Wings moved over to the East. Guys, it's going to be a massive game. Hopefully this game won't be as important coming down the stretch like I was saying, but that's up to the other teams. It's up to the Red Wings most importantly. And guys, I just want to give a little prediction here. I think the Wings can win tonight's game, score 3-1, to one. I think they're going to win the following game against Pittsburgh. They're going to win that game with a score of 4-3. to three, And it's going to be a massive preview for the upcoming games. And then, of course, Carolina. I think the Red Wings can steal this one. A 2 to nothing victory. A shutout win for whoever, whichever goaltender is going to be in net for the Red Wings. I would predict if they get those first two wins, they're going to put Gus in the net. And they're going to try to rest Jimmy Howard for the playoffs. And they're going to ride that starting goaltender. And then I think they're going to drop their last game of the season against the St. Louis Blues. Because they are coming with firepower. They're coming to win the President's Trophy. And they're trying to do what the Red Wings were trying to do a couple of seasons back. And try to get as many points as you possibly can going down the stretch. But guys, this is all just on one edition of Octopi Hockey Town. And I'm telling you, it's going to be a crazy end of the season. It's a real tight race in the Eastern Conference. I think that the Red Wings are going to be able to do it. I think Gustav Nyquist, Daniel Alfredson, and Darren Helm are all going to have massive weeks. Thomas Tatar is going to stay consistent. And we're going to have a breakout from Pavel Datsuk, who's coming back and he is ready to play. But guys, that is all I have for you today. I really think that the Red Wings are going to do it. I think they're going to try to compete for Lord Stanley. I think they're going to continue that playoff streak of 23 straight seasons going to the playoffs. And that gives me pride saying that I'm from Detroit. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of Octopi Hockey Town. Be sure to tune in next week as the season comes down to a close and the Red Wings are rapidly approaching that first round playoff matchup. We'll hopefully be playing against the Pittsburgh Penguins, not against the Boston Bruins. But I guess we will all just have to wait and see. This has been Austin Goodman, guys, saying that I think the Red Wings are going to make it to the 23rd playoff appearance this year. Stay happy, stay healthy, be smart, and enjoy this beautiful Michigan weather. Guys, 
for everybody here at Impact Sports and for everything Detroit Red Wings. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Hey, hey, hockey town. Go green. Go white.